We're almost one full week into Baltimore Ravens 2022 training camp. That means taking a look at some of the standouts so far. We talk about that and more next year on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back. Another episode here of Locked on Ravens. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire, and we're here on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you so much, as always, for making Locked on Ravens your first listen of the day here. We're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. And we are back. It is a midweek edition episode of the show, and we're almost one full week into Ravens training camp here. We've had Wednesday to Tuesday. You know, we, we haven't had today's practice yet at the time of this recording. But after today's practice, we will have gone through one full week of Baltimore Ravens training camp from Wednesday to Wednesday. Baltimore putting together a lot of really good practices, some offensive wins, some defensive wins. And today we're going to be diving into a bunch of different topics. But I, I did want to focus on some of the early standouts here from this training camp because there have been a lot. There have been a lot of guys you kind of look at. You've heard about, oh, this guy's had multiple good practices. This guy had multiple good plays, et cetera, et cetera. So we're going to be talking about that in the second segment, those standouts. In the first segment, though, I do want to dive into what happened at yesterday's practice. We have a lot of different stuff to talk about. And I just feel like with, with how much we've heard about so many different players, it's nice to kind of get not not the same player every day, right? Like we, we have different players with different skill sets having really big impacts during, you know, whether it's one practice, two practice. So we'll, we'll talk about what happened during yesterday's practice. A lot of stuff to dive into there. Then in the final segment, we'll get into mailbag questions, talking a bit about Chuck Clark and a lot more there. And, and I want to say, I really appreciate that. You know, I put out the mailbag kind of late. There, there was stuff going on. And I appreciate I got so many responses in such a short amount of time. So I, I appreciate all of that. That was really cool to see. But we have a ton to talk about here. If you're here with us on YouTube and video form, using my face, my background and everything, be sure to like this video, subscribe to the channel. It helps out a ton here. Thank you to everybody who's already subscribed. And if you haven't already, we put out Day of the Ravens content here five days per week. So pretty good, pretty good incentive to subscribe, in my opinion. Also, in audio form, it's the same show, both audio and video. Thank you for tuning in and following along. We're here. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, we are available. And hopefully we don't have the audio video desyncing issue today. I'm not going to do any future me stuff, but look, if, if it happens again, I apologize. I, I tried something, so hopefully it does not happen in this episode. If it does, I'll try I'll try something else, but I, I did try to fix it, so hopefully this episode we're not going to have that. Also, be sure to follow me on Twitter at ChaosTriker34 and the Locked on Ravens account at Locked on Ravens. Let's talk about what happened during... Tuesday's practice, as there was, again, a lot. Now, some good news on the injury front, as Jawan James did return to practice, and also some good news on the contract front last night, pretty pretty late last night, is the Ravens finally got their entire rookie class under contract. David Ajabo, the holdout, is over. He signed his rookie contract, so they were able to work out whatever guarantees they had in that third year, which was the reported issue, so good thing there. But the Ravens did have... A couple of other absences, you know, Jawan James did return, which was good, but there were several other guys who did not practice. Now, Devin Duvernay is not a new one. He has that thigh bruise he suffered on during Saturday's training camp practice, but Nick Boyle wasn't out there. Charlie Kohler with his hernia, he was not out there. Fashion McCary, Kevin Zeitler, Morgan Moses, Patrick Queen, Brandon Stevens. And so John Harbaugh said that some were veteran days. Others were just 
little things that he wasn't too concerned about. Didn't seem like he was too concerned about. So not anything major we've seen over the course of these first week, you know, less than a week of training camp. Some teams have gone through some pretty serious injuries. I mean, the, the Broncos had two ACL tears in their practice yesterday. Very eerily similar to what the Ravens had last year with Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters. So, you know, two guys on offense going down for them, for the Broncos. It's never good. Never good. It's terrible to hear about these injuries suffered. And so far, at least the Ravens have been, you know, relatively lucky in terms of injuries over these first couple days, first week or so of training camp, but the Ravens actually weren't in pads on Tuesday. It's again, they've done a lot with researching how they can effectively cut down on the injuries, make sure their guys are, as healthy as they can be heading into the regular season and obviously throughout the regular season, playoffs, Super Bowl, whatnot. So the Ravens, after having their first padded practice on Monday, were not in pads on Tuesday. But that didn't mean there was there, there's not stuff to talk about. There was. We had Jordan Stout hitting his 60-yarder because, of, of course, he did. Kyle Barber put that out there. Of course, Jordan Stout's out there doing his doing his best Justin Tucker. Maybe it's a Jordan Stout impression, right? Maybe that's what he can do as a punter, you know, hitting 60-yarders. He was he was kicking and holding and kickoffs and punting at Penn State. So he, he's a player that can do that. But Lamar Jackson did throw his first interception through six practices of training camp. So, hey, look, I I will take that. Lamar Jackson, six practices, one interception. And the the interception, let me say, phenomenal play by Tony Jefferson, where he tipped the ball to himself and dove for it, came up with it. I mean, you you can go watch it. It was the Ravens play of the day. They put it out on on social media. It was was very impressive. And we get to standouts in the second segment. Tony Jefferson will be on that list. So just, I guess, a mini spoiler there. But just because Jackson had the interception does not mean that he did not have a good day. Kyle Barber putting out the stats here. He went 15 of 19, but Kyle did say that it was a tough practice for Rashad Bateman, who was the intended target on the interception and also had a drop on a 25-yard pass. So, look, we've heard about how much of a standout Rashad Bateman has been. He will also be in that second segment. I'm not going to dock any one of that standout status because of just one bad practice or two bad practices or whatnot. Bateman has been very good. And I'm not expecting all these guys to have every single practice be this insane, amazing thing. That's just, it's not, it's not how that works. So I think that, you know, Bateman's allowed to have a bad practice here or there, have a drop or two here or there. We did, we did hear about the drops a little earlier during mini camp and, and stuff like that. So hopefully it is not a continued pattern. You can continue to clean up on that because, Hey, that's what training camp is for getting that out now as opposed to the regular season. So just stuff to think about over there. Also on the day you had Jordan Stout. We're going back to him hitting multiple bombs during the special team section. Kyle Barber said here, he had multiple balls that were pinned inside the 10. And also you, you have a lot of good things coming out of the undrafted rookie class. One who stood out yesterday was Kobe McLean, who had an interception off of Anthony Brown. He's one of the guys I have on my final 53, man. So that definitely I maybe helped this case a little bit. He's going to have to continue to perform, but good to see Kobe McLean. That interception came off of Anthony Brown. But we're going to look at Clifton Brown's practice notes here before we head into our first break from yesterday. And, and there's a lot to, to talk about. Vince Beagle showing up in, in the backfield. He's someone who right now is kind of in in limbo and flux for me in terms of whether he will make the roster again it's very it's very early it's too early to tell right now but good practice for Vince Beagle Clifton talking about how there was a play where he punched the ball loose from the hands of a rookie wide receiver on the sideline and that actually prompted John Harbaugh to stress ball security after practice and obviously ball security very important and also Justin Houston had several quarterback pressures good to see the veteran getting in there we talked about Zakoe McLean a little bit 
Also, Tyler Beatty had a had a one-handed catch out of the backfield, Clifton said here, and his ability as a pass catcher. And I, I talked about a bit about it on Twitter yesterday, and I've obviously talked about it on the show. I think the Ravens are going to utilize their running backs out of the backfield in very creative ways this year. I think we were going to see it last year, then the injuries happened, but the Ravens have built their running back room to where it is fully healthy, or even if it's not, honestly, they have pass catching backs that excel in that area. And, and I think that's very good for them because as I've said, the run or the short pass game is an extension of the run game. So I think it's very big to be able to have that aspect of the game and it's not just like these throws were are going to be all checkdowns, right? Where it's like a one read, two read, three read, check down. It's not going to be all that. So the Ravens can use their guys on, on wheel routes out of the backfield. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, I think we were going to see that last year, but the injuries obviously cut their season short before they began. So that was really, really unfortunate. But for me, I think the Ravens have a lot of these skill set players like Mike Davis, who's a good pass catcher, Beatty, who's a pass catcher, Corey Clement, who they brought in, Justice Hill can do some stuff there. Dobbins, Edwards, very underrated, I feel like, in that aspect. So I'm excited to see what they can do and how they can kind of use their running backs in that role. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they end up doing that. So for Baltimore, their practice more of a more of a special teams thing early on. They did get some work in, but it seemed like overall, Lamar Jackson, one of the stars of the show, despite the interception, Tony Jefferson with the play, and some other guys who really stepped up in a big way. And it's going to be big, you know. It's just it's stacking practice on practice on practice. As I talked about with Rashad Bateman, not every practice for every player is going to be a good one. You know, you get your name in the headlines once or twice, it, it's great. You know, you're getting your name out there, but it's it's not it's the players who aren't getting their names in the headlines too, you know, the media, they see a lot out there, but sometimes they just don't cover everybody. And so I think for the Ravens, they have guys who are, you know, you haven't maybe heard a lot about who I talked about a bit on the last couple of shows who might be making some plays and we just haven't heard about, but they just haven't been the biggest standouts. So the media hasn't necessarily put a lot on their name right now, but Hey, maybe they're doing a lot of good stuff. So there is still a lot to cover here on Locked on Ravens. Coming back in our second segment, we're going to be diving a bit into the standouts of training camp so far for the Baltimore Ravens through almost one week here. So be sure to stay tuned. We still have a ton to talk about here. But first, I do want to tell you a bit about BetterHelp. And this episode of Locked on Ravens is brought to you by BetterHelp. And sometimes in life, they can throw you a lot of curveballs. And in those situations, it's really important to have someone to talk to and help you through that. I know for me, I've had people who have helped me through some circumstances and situations in life, and, and I'm sure you have too. And sometimes in those situations, therapy can be very, very important. And so better help. It's actually not a crisis line. It's not even self-help. It's professional therapy and securely online, available to people worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You can schedule weekly video calls or phone sessions. So you don't even have to be on camera if you don't want to. And getting therapy every week is as easy as a few clicks on your laptop or even on your phone. And it's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is also available. And also it's a better way to invest in yourself. You can visit their website, read their testimonials that are posted daily on there. In fact, there are so many people that have been using BetterHelp. They're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. And they have a special offer here for listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com slash locked on. We're back here. Our second segment of Locked on Ravens here on Wednesday. Kevin Oshrek, your host, still here with you. And now we are going to dive in 
to the Ravens standout so far through almost the first week of 2022 training camp. Again, thank you for making Lockdown Ravens for your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, like the video, follow us along in audio form as well. And be sure if you want to, to leave a review that that would also be great. But now we're going to talk about those standouts. And I mean, look, we're just going to go down the list in terms of positions, quarterback, Lamar Jackson, <laughs> pretty self-explanatory, didn't have a great practice on Monday, but bounced back in a big way on Tuesday, despite the interception, looked great in the stadium practice, looked good before that. So he's added muscle, he's he's added weight, but it's been good. It's good weight. And some of that will come off. We talked to Spencer Schultz a bit about that, but it feels like he is going to be a player that just has improved velocity on his throws that we've seen. He's worked very, very hard in the off season and Based off what we saw at the end of 2021, it was obviously a disappointing end. Starting at the Miami game, kind of leading up to the injury, there was a lot that went wrong for him. And part of it had to do with decision-making. Part of it had to do with offensive line, right? It wasn't all his fault. Some was his fault. But then he had the injury, and that's just there's nothing you can do about that, unfortunately. So I'm excited for Jackson. He's looked good throughout training camp here. And honestly, I expected this from him, right? He's a player that's super competitive, wants to get better, wants to compete, wants to play at a high level. So it's not necessarily surprising to me that Lamar Jackson has been this guy who, you know, is working out really hard and working to be the best player, the best version of himself. Running back wise, we've heard about Tyler Beatty. He seems to be a standout so far. Justice Hill, I thought, impressed in the stadium practice. I know we haven't really heard a ton about him otherwise. But yeah, I think Tyler Beatty is someone who we've heard kind of bits and pieces of here and there. But he he apparently looks good. He's someone who I think is going to have a role early on, especially if J.K. Dobbins or Gus Edwards can't come back, even if it is just one of the two where they're not able to play. So let's say J.K. Dobbins is able to play in week one and Gus Edwards isn't, I still think we do see a big role for Mike Davis and for Tyler Beatty. And I think what Beatty can do out of the backfield as a pass catcher, which we did talk about in the first segment is really, really important. So that's just one thing to monitor in these situations where if if you're looking at it, he could, he could play. And I know the whole JK Dobbins rookie role thing where he had like 25 carries in six games that was ripping off 30 yard runs. It's It's a bit different this year because the Ravens, like absolutely might need to use some of these guys. So I think Beatty could carve out that role for sure. And looking at wide receivers, Rashad Bateman, I am saying is a standout. I am definitely saying Rashad Bateman's a standout. We've talked about Jalen Moore, who has stood out in a couple of practices. Benjamin Victor had a nice day on Tuesday, according to multiple people. So that's another guy who can maybe put in that category. Slade Bolden, another one, Shamar Bridges, another one. So if the Ravens maybe don't even keep, six wide receivers to have maybe three on the practice squad. If they go through injuries, they don't end up signing a veteran. They could bring up some of these guys who didn't impress during training camp, the preseason, et cetera. But we've seen good things from Jalen Moore, Benjamin Victor, and some of those guys. I mean, and the other guys as well, right? Devin Duvernay stood out at times. James Perchet also. Tylen Wallace had a really nice catch during the stadium practice. So they, these guys have all performed well. It's just a matter of putting it together on the field and making sure they can do that. Tight end wise, I mean, Isaiah Likely is the main name is is a standout. I mean, you can obviously talk about Mark Andrews, but we know who Mark Andrews is. I'm still going to put him on the list because he's been standing out. But yeah, definitely Isaiah Likely. I know that the hype around his name is, I mean, we haven't heard much about it over the past couple of days, but he definitely was one of the standouts early on. And I think it does help out that he's been able to do that very well. On the offensive line, we've heard some good things about Tyler Linderbaum there. I think that's someone who, again, is kind of learning as he goes here, having some good reps, having some bad reps, but that that's what it is. I mean, in these situations, a, a rookie center who is a bit undersized is going to have to learn how to deal with some of these bigger Michael Pierce 
frame players, right? It's just what it's going to be. But I think that we have heard some good things from him. So I'll put Tyler Linderbaum in that early standout category. On the defensive line, I mean, we've heard so much about Travis Jones. So, 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 so much about Travis Jones. And it's it's great because we're able to just see so much of what he's been able to do and be able to really say, hey, look, maybe I'm going to I'm going to deserve a role early on here. And he could the Ravens and their mid round rookies. I know getting them on the field. It's a, they sometimes do it. They sometimes don't, (laughs) you kind of it's hit or miss, but I think at the end of the day for what Baltimore needs in what they need out of that group is a bit more interior pass rush. I think they've built their defensive line room that way. So, so I'm excited to see that. Definitely. We've heard, we've heard some Michael Pierce in there as well. I'd like to hear a bit more about just Matabike, you know, maybe some more about Project Washington, but I think for, for a standout Travis Jones, absolutely one of the standouts outside linebacker wise, you got an Oa. I mean, an Oa has been a player who has dominated. He he dominated during Monday's practice. We, we heard that, but also has just been, I think a pretty steady player, not necessarily a guy again, who's getting his name in the media every single day, but I think he is definitely that number one pass rusher on this team. And in order to do that, he has to, I think stand out. Well, not that it, it only matters in training camp, but Part of that is being able to dominate in training camp and then translating that over, translating that over. So it's important. And I think that we have seen him be an early standout in camp most definitely. And that's very important overall. I think in the inside linebacker group hasn't really been a ton of a ton of buzz there. I mean, haven't really heard a ton about Patrick Queen. Haven't really heard a ton about Malik Harrison. I mean, we heard about Zacoby McLean yesterday, but. I don't know. There hasn't really been a ton there. I'm not saying these guys are having bad practices, but they just haven't been necessarily standing out overall. But again, there there's, there's a difference between padded practices and non-padded practices. And one of the positions that really has a big disadvantage during non-padded practices is, is the inside linebackers. I mean, you can shoot gaps, you can stop the run, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that padded practices definitely do benefit a couple different positions. One of those being the inside linebackers. Cornerback wise, we've heard good things about Marlon Humphrey. I'm excited about that. I, I think that Kyle Fuller has been kind of up and down. I, I wouldn't necessarily call him a standout overall, but we heard some good things uh, about Brandon Stevens. I think Brandon Stevens is someone who stood out early on in camp. And again, where he where is he going to play? That's the big question for him because we don't, you know, he could play at corner, he could play at safety. He does have that versatility. I personally would anticipate he probably plays more. At cornerback, maybe he's the the winner of that starting slot job, which, again, would not surprise me whatsoever. Maybe the Ravens want to use Kyle Fuller more on the outside, especially if Marcus Peters isn't ready to go in week one. So you do have that different aspect of things. So, yeah, Brandon Stevens is someone who I think has definitely stood out so far. Safety-wise, you you have so you have so many players safety-wise who, who stood out. Kyle Hamilton, a player that, again, had the one bad had bad rep against Bailey Gaither, who, again, he, he won that route. Bailey Gaither won that route, but... It got blown way out of proportion, and Kyle Hamilton bounced back with a great practice on Monday. Yet he, he had a good practice overall on Saturday, despite having that one play go against him. So that's a player I'm very excited about, and a player that should be able to play very much so early on, despite all of the depth that they have there. It's good. It's it's a good problem to have for the Ravens to have all these standouts we've seen or heard about. Chuck Clark made make make a couple plays as well. Also, Tony Jefferson. He's been around the ball. It seems like he's also taken on a leadership role, which is great. We we saw him have that first interception of Lamar Jackson. He's a veteran that again proved himself to the to the utmost degree over the course of the back half of that 2021 season. Came in obviously the reunion tour with Baltimore, 
And people are saying, well, what can he really bring? His first hit in Baltimore didn't really go as expected. He was flying around the field. He was making tackles, stopping the run, really good in coverage too, which we didn't really see from him during his first stint. So I'm excited to see what he brings as well, where they play him, what the what the roles are going to be of all these players there at the safety position. Geno Stone has been someone also who's gotten some buzz, so I'd say he's been a standout. And I think he also looked the special teams. Justin Tucker, you know, what, what a surprise, right? Justin Tucker has been someone who's just been rock solid. Jordan Stout, though, is the main guy I want to talk about. He's been, he's been a standout. And you talk about special teams players, you're like, oh, really? Like, are those guys standouts? Absolutely. Absolutely, those guys are standouts. So it's really exciting to, to hear about all those guys, how they're performing. There are probably a couple other guys who, you know, have, have had good practices I didn't mention. But I just think when looking at standouts, I want to talk about guys who, you know, have really made waves. And I'm not saying that some of the guys I didn't talk about haven't, but those are just some of the guys that I feel like I wanted to highlight because I think it's important to highlight those guys and kind of give them credit early on. Now, you're going to have to keep it consistent, right? It's not just, all right, almost the first week of training camp is done. Now let's take the foot off the gas. It's consistent work, consistent getting better, consistent standing out. is what's going to be able to make these guys either earn playing time, fight for a roster spot, earn that roster spot, et cetera. So Ravens have had a lot of good standouts early on. It's a good sign to see, and I'm excited to see what they can do in terms of the rest of training camp in terms of their performance. But we still have a ton to talk about here on Locked On Ravens coming up. We're going to be diving into mailbag questions, a ton of good stuff to talk about there, a ton of different topics, so be sure to stay tuned. Still a ton to talk about here on Locked On Ravens. First, though, I do want to tell you a bit about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all your sports, favorites, and events, including in NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. They're the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league. And they continue to be the top online resource for all your sports waging information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. We're back. Our final segment here of Locked on Ravens. Kevin, I'll strike your host still here with you. And again, thank you so much for making Locked on Ravens your first listen of the day here. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, like this video. Be sure to follow us in audio form as well. And thank you for also tuning in to Locked on NFL. Make that your second listen of the day if you haven't already. I hosted the Monday show over there. So a ton to talk about over there, but a ton to talk about here. We're going to talk about mailback questions. We, we did get a lot of them, which I'm very excited about to answer. And we're going to start off with three of them from almost quasi who the first one here way way too early question what position could you see the ravens targeting in next year's draft based off how our depth is shaking up yeah <laughs> this is this is a bit of an early one but hey i'm, I'm happy to talk about it this, this is actually it's fun to talk about this stuff i think for me i look at the biggest needs and i think the biggest needs you could look at a wide receiver depending that's depending on what happens this year with some of the young guys they have I think what they will probably look at, though, is potentially interior defensive line and draft an early player there with, you know, Clays Campbell, Brent Urban, Michael Pierce not getting any younger. Outside linebacker, those probably the one I'd look at if I'm the Ravens. Cornerback as well with the uncertainty surrounding Marcus Peters. Kyle Fuller, obviously a veteran there. I think you could definitely make an argument from them to draft a corner. Offensive line is another one. You know, what's going to happen on the line this year? That could be interesting. The Ravens could, you know, maybe look to – also add an inside linebacker, depending on what happens with Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison. But I think the, the main ones I'll focus on, probably wide receiver, probably defensive line, probably 
outside linebacker and probably corner. Those are the four that I could see the Ravens maybe spending early, early round picks on, depending on obviously who falls. So there's another Kyle, Ham- Kyle Hamilton situation that changes things. But yeah, for now, I think those four are the ones I'd be looking at. The second question here from Almost Quasi, do you think the Ravens are missing out by acting joint practices this year? Yes, yes and no. I mean, I think that you know, the research they did, they want to make sure that they have their guys as healthy as possible. I think there is an added benefit to having joint practices, but I also think it's not the end of the world, right? Joint practices are the ability for them to go out there, hit guys that aren't their own teammates, get working against another team. It's definitely beneficial, but if it costs you one or two players, that's not beneficial anymore. So if that's the difference, if that's what ends up making it so the Ravens are fully healthy heading into the season. Sure. I will take them not having joint practices, but I think in some aspects they are pretty important. So maybe they're losing one or two things here or there, but I I don't think they're monumental enough to say that they have to have them or that it's going to have a huge impact on their year. And then the final question here from almost quasi, what do you think are the reasons why the two rookie corners have been playing outside of their respective positions? It seems like Armour Davis was slated to be purely outside guys and playing in the slot and vice versa with Pepe Williams. I just think it's about versatility and, and testing out where these guys are, are going to be good at. I don't think necessarily that what we see in training camp is going to be everything of what we see in the regular season, right? There are going to be aspects of things that I think become, you know, definite things that happen during the regular season and other things that kind of just go away. And I think when you're looking at the Ravens and what they do on defense, they want to have as many versatile options as possible. And I think for that, it means going out and seeing where guys can play. Is there maybe a hidden gem of a position that a guy can play? So there are all those aspects of it. So it's not just for those two rookie guys, but for players all across the defense, it feels like the Ravens like to experiment, see what happens, because they're not going to do that in the regular season unless they have to. So getting it out of the way now and seeing, I think that's that's the way they can do it. And I think that's the way that they should, not necessarily doing it in the regular season, but doing it when you know things don't necessarily count. A question here from Art Izzy. When can we expect a Jabo and Stanley? Good question. I wish I had an answer. Uh, if if I had to guess, if Ronnie Stanley isn't, you know, at least practicing on the field by the second preseason game, we could maybe see him hit the PUP list or maybe an IR stint. I'm not sure. So we will we will see again. I'm not a doctor. These are not guaranteed timelines or anything. Just just what I might anticipate for David Ajabo. I think he's going to definitely be a, a PUP list guy. IR guy, maybe even potentially he might be back during the second half of the season. Maybe he surprises. And honestly, I hope he does. I hope he's back week one, but just based off of when he suffered the injury, it it just feels like he's not going to be able to start the year. So maybe we'll see him week six, week seven, week 10, maybe not at all. So very, very interesting timelines to talk about. I don't really know what they are going to be, but I think you have to look at it from a, a couple different perspectives and definitely not have them rush back. I think if you have them rush back, it's just not going to be good for you. So if you want to keep them out for maybe one or two more weeks past when you're comfortable with it for 100% health, I think that is absolutely what they should do in this circumstance. And then we have a question here from D.D. Segal, who says, why isn't Tyler Wallace getting more love from the media's potential is right up there with Bateman, in my opinion. Crochet and Duvernay have clear deficiencies. I have yet to see Wallace's. Yeah, I think that, the reason why Tyler Wallace hasn't been getting as much attention is because people have been kind of chomping at the bit to see Prochet and DuVernay have these huge roles because they haven't had them for the past couple seasons, whereas Wallace has only been one season. And Wallace only had, what was it, two catches during his rookie season, and he showed flashes, right? Tyler Wallace, I think, is a very, very good football player. He will definitely be taught. Like, we're not really hearing about him right now. I think we will definitely hear about him as the year goes on. Like, he will 
probably maybe even be a dark horse candidate for that number two wide receiver job, depending on what happens in the preseason. We've seen him make a couple plays here early on in training camp, but I don't think it's any like, you know, people think that Wallace isn't going to be good or people think that he's bad. I don't think it's that. I think that for Wallace in particular, he just didn't get as, uh, enough run last year as opposed to Duvernay or Prochet. Like Prochet and Duvernay showed those flashes more often than Wallace did because Wallace just didn't get as many opportunities. I think with more opportunities, Wallace will be able to show that. And I definitely think he's going to be able to get those opportunities over the course of this year. Then we have a question from Ty who asks, would you personally trade Chuck Clark from the New York Giants for Kadarius Tony and a third round pick? He could be a deep threat that we need to take the pressure off of Bateman, might I add. Dino Stone and Tony Jefferson have both looked great thus far. TJ could move into the third man role in three safety defensive packages. Yeah, this ooh, this is a tough one. I am I am on team keep Chuck Clark unless a, a great package comes along. I think if you're talking about Kadarius Tony or even a player like like Darius Slayton for and a third rounder for Chuck Clark. I don't because Chuck Clark's under team control for one more year. You have him around like three million dollars. That's a really good contract. I, to me, the answer is I think I think it depends. Like if Chuck Clark clearly wants to be out of Baltimore, he's not going to want to stick around. His role isn't what he wants it to be. The contract stuff is is not to his liking. Then yeah, like absolutely. If he's more than willing to stay in Baltimore, I think he might be like he might be too important. But a third round pick plus a receiver like Kadarius Tony is an interesting one because obviously tons of potential, but did have a lot of injuries last year for the giants had some off field stuff, got thrown out of a game last year. So there are some flags. There is Slayton. I know a lot of people do like, I don't know. This, this is a really tough question. I, I'm going to say yes, but it does depend. It does depend if Chuck Clark proves to the organization this year that they still need him. Like he's still a need I think that you, you keep him. I think that he probably does show that he's too important to trade in a lot of different situations unless you do get a package that you just cannot turn down. And I'm still on team keep Chuck Clark for sure. But if you get a package that you just, you just can't turn down, and let's say the Ravens, they have a need at wide receiver, right? A guy gets injured, let's say, and the Giants come around and offer this for Chuck Clark, then maybe the Ravens have to say, yeah, you know, that's a deal that we have to take. So for me, it definitely does depend. I definitely, I like the package, but I think it depends on if Chuck Clark is still a guy the Ravens absolutely need, despite having, you know, Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams and all those guys. But I do think Chuck Clark is a glue guy, so it's an interesting thing to kind of think about. And then we're going to look at a final question here, one that actually wasn't wasn't asked in the uh, the main thread, and it's obviously from Afid Foy. And Afid Foy has been great at asking a bunch of different questions. I mean, every week it's been one, so I do want to give a, a quick shout-out there to a feed of and he says hello kevin on vacation without internet for a few days so here's my question in advance i really like the video of justin tucker's son asking for a picture with lamar jackson how important is the out of out of the field respect and relationship between the players thanks for the show and have a nice day and yeah thank you too and again thank you for all your questions and i mean yeah it's it's extremely important to have these guys like each other off the field to have these guys have a relationship with each other off the field you know the, the family aspect of it to get the families involved and you know, Lamar Jackson is such a polarizing talent on the field, but off the field, it just seems like, you know, people gravitate to him, his, his willingness to work, his, his role model, his ability to be a role model, and just the way that he carries himself. He's very polite. He's someone who is, is a very nice guy as well. And that carries over, right? These guys are the teammates of Lamar Jackson. And, and it's very important to have that off-field camaraderie with your teammates and to have the Ravens have such a strong culture. I know I've talked about culture before on this show. It's it's more it's more than a lot of people give it credit for. 
I mean, it can really be a make or break thing where, look, if guys aren't getting along in the locker room, if, you know, families aren't happy, if, if something's going on culture wise, it can have a really big ripple effect on a franchise. And the Ravens, they haven't really seen a ton of that stuff happen to them over, you know, the past many, many, many seasons, which I think has been great for them. They've definitely established a standard. That standard goes between player relationships, coaches to players relationships, coaching relationships, all different relationships. They value family. They value their players. And that I think is extremely important because it makes them feel welcome. You know, they're all a big part of a family there in that Ravens locker room. And that I think carries over to the field, makes them want to fight for each other, fight for the coaching staff and et cetera. So it's, it's all very, very important in my opinion overall. That's all I have for you here today on Locked on Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let me get back here tomorrow. We're diving into more Ravens talk, talking more training camp, of course. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And I will see you right back here tomorrow.